Welcome to A Transforming Word with Pastor Bill Buffington. This program is a ministry of Calvary Chapel, Inglewood. Today on A Transforming Word... Our love for God should overflow in our love for one another. It should be one of the sweetest things in the Church of Jesus Christ that it's a place where people genuinely love one another. And and maybe some people will find that there's a love here that they can't even find in their blood family. Uh, I have have experienced at times that that the family of God at times has been more family to me than than my family. Uh, For a lot of years, that's been my experience where the the church has been my family. When the Bible talks about how His love should overflow in our lives, what does that mean? In today's message, Pastor Bill talks about what our lives look like when the love of God overflows in our lives. This means that our ability to love others is directly connected to our relationship with God. When we truly love God, our love for others should come naturally. We should be kind, patient, and compassionate towards those around us, just as God is towards us. His love is never-ending. Now, here's Pastor Bill in the book of 1 Thessalonians, chapter 2, as he continues his message, An Example to Follow. There is a weakness, I think, in, in American Christianity that we don't, because we haven't endured maybe some of the persecution, because we are so comfortable um, that we can, we can find little things to complain about. I don't want to go there. I don't, it's not, I don't like the music there. I, I don't like the seating arrangement there. Uh, I've heard of crazy things where people, I can't find a church because they're looking for all these different things. And it's like, you need a, you need a group of people that believe Jesus died and rose and is coming back again and that preached from the Bible. That's, that's, that's a church. Everything else is extra. Amen. Uh, it may be comfortable. It may not be comfortable. Um, I, I do a class every Friday with these brothers in Haiti. And these guys want to, they're, they're, they're pastors in training. They come from different provinces in, in Haiti and they come, they, 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 they're, they're at this place for a year of training and they want to go back into their home, their home province and start churches. And when I look at what these guys go through to be at, to be in front of a, in front of a computer screen for Skype Bible studies, and these brothers are there every week at 9 a.m. My time, 11 a.m. Their time, they're there in front of the screens. Bibles out, no pads there, bottles of water on the table. And they're like, teach us. And we'll get done for two hours. And they're like, you could do another chapter. They'll, they'll just sit there. They, they're, not, they're not in a rush. They ain't got nowhere to go. They're like, you, you keep, keep, finish it up. Keep keep going. Keep keep going. I'm like, I, I got to go. <laughs> I'm like, that's four hours before we get done. But. It's it's I'm encouraged when I look at them and I'm like, man, I'm looking at where they live. Look at the conditions. I'm looking at all that they don't have. But, you know, what they do have a heart for God and they're begging me. They're like, bro, bring a group from here to there. Bring bring a come with a group of guys. And, I, and so they wrote me a thing of what they would like us to do. We're trying to plan a trip. And now I got to wait until we find out what's going to happen with the lockdown. But they would like us to bring a group of men uh, to do some teaching. But what they really want to do is take us to the street and go do evangelism. They're like, dude, come. We got this truck and we got speakers and we'll hit all these different areas. You guys could preach. We'll give out some food and Bibles and, and whatever. And they want to just go through the town with some brothers and preach the gospel. And so uh, so some of y'all brothers that have a heart to go out, be praying. Um, you know, we're going to we're going to be we're, we're trying to go sometime early next year, um, depending on, you know, shutdown and flights and all, oh, what, we, what we can or can't do. But my point is that in much conflict, those guys are going for it. And they, their attacks are different, right? They got voodoo. They got voodoo. They got witches. They got people trying to cast spells on the ministry and all kind of wookie dookie stuff. And they just going forth doing what God have given them to do. And so 
um, we want to be able to, to, to take from these examples from the apostle Paul. Look at verse four now. We get a, a contrast, right? He says, but as we have been approved by God to be entrusted with the gospel, even so we speak, not as pleasing men, but God who tests our hearts. So another example from Paul, he said, look, we've been approved by God to be entrusted with the gospel. I want you to note this. Who do we need to be approved by? That's it. You don't need man's approval to do this. You need God's approval. Sometimes people are looking for approval. They want people to put a stamp on it. I didn't get enough likes. I posted it and no one said they liked it or whatever. You need God's approval for the message of the gospel. You might preach the gospel and don't nobody like it. Nobody responds. Nobody receives it. It's okay. It's still the gospel. It's still truth. Um, maybe nobody responds. Maybe everybody responds. Either way, it's the gospel of truth. And so Paul said, look, we've been approved by God. We've been entrusted with the gospel. I want you to consider that too, that God has entrusted you with this message. The Bible says that we have this treasure in earthen vessels, the treasure of the gospel, you guys. It's a treasure, right? This, it's life-changing. And so he says, you've been, we've been entrusted with the gospel. He says, so even though, even still we speak not as pleasing men, but pleasing God. And I want to speak on that for a moment because one of the things I've seen in our day be a hindrance to the message of the gospel is men that want to please men. There are ministers that are that that have kind of made it a, a public stand that they're not going to preach. Not necessarily. They won't say I won't preach the gospel, but they're guys that will not preach the biblical gospel because it's offensive. And so you have whole ministries where if you listen to them, it sounds like these guys are giving pop psychology. They're telling you how to build your business how to be successful, how to get money, how to have a, you know, they, they're teaching you everything but how to have a relationship with the Lord. Um, you'll hear a year of messages and never hear the word repentance once. How many of y'all here know that you need to repent all the time? All the time, y'all, because y'all sinning, y'all be messing up, we fall short, we're imperfect. Um, how, how, do you, how, do you, how do you bring people to Christ if they never repent? If you never have to turn from sin and turn to God, have I brought you to Christ? Or am I entertaining you? Am I tickling your ears? Are we having a good time, a happy, slappy time? I think one of the hindrances to God's gospel, the biblical gospel, is men that are not concerned for what God thinks about their message, but they're concerned for what people think. Do you like my message? Did you like it? Was it good for you? Did, was it good to you? Doesn't matter if you like the message, right? I preached the gospel and had somebody respond to the gospel and be saved. I preached the gospel and had somebody not agree, disagree, not like what I had to say. Um, it, as long as it's the gospel, I could walk away and say, bro, that's, you gotta, that's not, it's not my message, right? I don't get to rewrite the gospel message. I got to just give it out. If I tell my son, son, I want you to go tell mom that, and I give him what I want him to tell his mom, does he have a right to change my words? If he does, he's an unfaithful messenger, right? Now, I've told my kids to tell my wife stuff and they were like, nah, you tell her that yourself. You know, <laughs> we we not carrying that word, sir. <laughs> you know, but uh, well, that's fair. But you can't change my words. It's no longer my message if you do that. And so people have taken that kind of liberty with the gospel message where uh, they've taken the liberty to say, uh, yeah, I don't want to say that part. You know, I don't want to I want to I don't want to talk about hell. But isn't there a hell to shun you guys? Isn't there a hell to get to escape? Um, it's sometimes you can't appreciate the good news until you understand the bad news, right? Until you understand that if you die without Christ, you would go to hell. Till I understand that, 
I might not appreciate the good news that Jesus died for me to forgive me for the whole thing and I can be set free. And so once again, Paul says he's been in, he's been entrusted with the gospel, even though he even so we speak, he says, not as pleasing men, but God who tests our hearts. Can I encourage you guys, saints, that we would we would prepare our hearts, God, that, that our hearts position would be this. God, I want to please you. I, I want you to be pleased with what I do. God, I want you to smile. I want to, I want it to bless your heart. I'm not as concerned with people's response, what people will say, how people will feel. God, I want to know that when I get done, that you'll be blessed, that you'll be pleased. If you do that, right, you'll always be okay because God will always be good with our proclamation of his message, our proclamation of the truth. But people won't. Uh, People won't always like it. People won't always agree with it. If you go out witnessing, there'll be some good days and bad days. Uh, Anybody that goes witnessing enough times. Um, somebody going, you know, I, I'm a bigger dude, so I, I ain't, I ain't never, really, I haven't really had it happen real bad, but, um, you know, I've, I've seen guys getting cussed out or, or, you know, ran up on and all kind of stuff, which, you know, I, I kind of think is a, is a, when I look at those things happen are guys that like, like, um, I look at Ray Comfort and, uh, for you guys to know who he is, he goes out evangelizing everywhere and I've seen him have like, you know, dudes all tatted up in his face, like, you know, snarling and growling. And he's like, he's just with his, you know, with his accent, he still just bring, he, his message doesn't stutter. He doesn't go like, well, okay, let me, hey guys, he doesn't back off. He doesn't, he doesn't temper the message. He stays right there in the pocket, giving it out and just let the chip fall where they may. That's respectable to me. Uh, to me, I look at that and I think that's a man of God. That's a guy that says the message is not going to change, bro. Uh, if, if I got to take an L out here at this beach for the, for Jesus, I'm going to take it. But the message is not going to change. I think we need more of that in God's church today. I think we need more people that are just willing to God, I'm willing to I'm willing to fall on this sword. I'm willing to lose friends at this cost. Um, and so, again, this is the example that Paul left the Thessalonian believers not worried about what people think. And they know that this is true. They're like, Paul, he didn't he didn't cower when they took him to jail. He didn't cower after they beat him. Same guy, same message. In one place, we don't have time to go there this morning, but I, I just, this is, my, this is why I love the Apostle Paul. In one place, Paul went into the town, I believe Iconium. He preached the gospel and he, they stoned him to death. You guys know that, you guys familiar with this story? They stoned Paul to death. He gets up, Lystra, thank you, God bless you. He, he, he gets stoned to death. God, they said the believers got around him. We're going to assume that they prayed. God raised him up. So he, but he got stoned to death and he got, God raised him up miraculously. Now, if you got stoned to death, let's say we, let's say that we said, we're going to go to Hawthorne and preach the gospel. You, we got in the city of Hawthorne and the people from the city of Hawthorne met us there, stoned your leader to death. And you guys got around him, cried and prayed, and God raised him up, and he had all kind of knots and blumps and bumps, and he got up. Paul was like, I'm not done with it. He went right back in the city and finished up that message. That, that, that's like that's one of the most gangster situations in the whole Bible. He was like, it's not like he got up and said, I'm going I'm to just you know, kick the dust from my feet. Paul was like, no, we're going back. Y'all going to get this message. I'm not done yet. You know, like, I appreciate that. You know, that, that, stirs, that tells me, like, that attitude of like, man, I'm not, I'm going to continue to do what God has given me to do. Um, I think it made Paul like an unstoppable, and un, in that sense, he was unstoppable. I, I'm not going to stop unless God stops me. You know, God's going to have to let me be gone. But moving on, look at verse five now. For neither at any time 
did we use flattering words? As you know, he, there again, nor, nor, a, nor a cloak for covetousness. God is witness. So two things here. He says, look, when we came to you guys, we didn't butter you up. We didn't try to like, we didn't try to coerce you into the gospel with flattering words. Uh, we didn't tell you what you wanted to hear. Um, and we see that today. We have people that there's whole messages, the, the whole prosperity gospel. Why is that so popular? Because it's what people want to hear, right? Um, imagine this. If I got to come tell you guys that you guys need to repent of your sins. Everybody don't want to hear that. But if y'all showed up today, I said, hey, you guys, you want to be rich? Huh? You want to be rich? You want to have more money and more stuff? Yes, preach it, preach it. And I, if that's, that's the prosperity gospel. It's a lie, though. You know, you, you, God is not a genie. You can't use God to get stuff. Um, you know, the only person that gets rich in a prosperity gospel church is the preacher. Y'all got it. Y'all give. Y'all, this is how it works. Y'all, y'all give and God's going to bless you. After y'all get done giving, they'll be doing a message on debt release because all y'all be in debt. <laughs> this is how you get out of debt, y'all, you know? And when you say, well, I'm not, pastor, I'm not getting my harvest. There must be some sin in your life. There was sin in your life the whole time that nobody addressed, you know? So it's a gimmick. It's a scam. But people want to hear it. People like the idea that they're going to get some money, get some stuff. Somebody took a collection of these prosperity guys, 2020 New Year services and how they were proclaiming blessing and harvest time and all that you're going to receive. And you know that they have a prophetic bone in their body because didn't nobody say coronavirus or, or pandemic or shutdown or they didn't see any of this coming. Uh, they prophesied all them lies. And so now, I mean, I feel like those churches should be empty. They should go look at that message and say, it was 2020. You told us this year it was Vision 2020 service. You told us we was going to be rich and wealthy and prosperous. I'm broke at home and can't go out and, and I got to wear a mask. It's like you lied, Pastor. You know, so uh, anyway, um, so, so I'm sorry. Paul says, look, I didn't use flattering words. I didn't come buttering you guys up. I didn't come telling you what you wanted to hear. Um, he says, I didn't do that, nor he says, he said, as you know, and then he says, nor a cloak of covetous Paul's. I didn't come to y'all. I wasn't trying to get paid. Um, and this is what Paul did. There were times where Paul went places to minister because he knew of the weakness of the people. He says, I'm not going to take money from you guys. I could, um, you should pay me. I'm an apostle and you guys should take care of me. But because of the state that you guys are in, I don't want anybody saying I did it for the money. I'll work. And so some places Paul went, he on the side, he hustled. He was a tent maker. That was Paul's side hustle. I'll make tents on the side so that I'm not taking anything from you guys. So I brought the gospel to you at no cost. So when I leave, you guys can't say Paul came and got us for the money. Nope. Didn't get you for the money. I did it for free. In other places, Paul went and, you know, some places he went and he allowed them to take care of him. But other places, Paul says, I'm not going to receive anything from you guys um, because I, I see it's a weakness here. And we should be mindful of that. Right. If, especially those of us that are in the ministry, there will be places that you go and you should just there. If you go somewhere impoverished, if you go somewhere struggling, you shouldn't take anything. You should just go be a blessing, you know, go, go, go leave a blessing, go be a blessing. That's what Paul did. He did that so that the message wasn't hindered, right? I don't want you confusing my motives for coming. I came, I didn't come to take, I came to give. I came to bring you the gospel message. And so Paul says again, I didn't come with flattering words. And he said, I didn't come with a cloak of covetousness. And he says this, God is witness. God knew, God knows. Verse six, nor did we seek glory from men 
either from you or from others that we have that we might have made demands as apostles of Christ. Paul says, look, we didn't come being big shots either. We didn't come to you guys seeking glory from men. Um, so I, I really think it's it's uh, it's inappropriate. You know, some of our churches, we got kind of superstar pastors. They're like pop stars and they become they they're kind of the main attraction of the big deal. I think it's wrong when in any church, the big deal is somebody other than Jesus Christ. Uh, churches will have elders and leaders and people that, you know, uh, that, that's, you know, spearhead ministries or they may be up in front. But the ministry should really be about Jesus. He should always be the star. He should always be the the if, if there's someone lifted up, if there's someone that's a big deal, if there's someone that we're like, he, you know, he's present, it's Jesus. Right. Because if it's a man, a man is a man is a man. Right. A man is fallible. He's 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 a sinner. Um, there's things that a man can't do. He, he can't be perfect. He can't be available all the time. He can't know everything. But if I could connect folk with Jesus, Jesus knows everything. Amen. Available 24 seven will always be available. I'm never going to let you down. He actually is perfect. If I can get you connected with him, that's the win. And so Paul says, look, we didn't come seeking glory from you guys. We didn't come. I didn't come into town as a big shot, though. I'm an y'all know Paul was a big deal. Amen. So Paul was like, he, he is a big deal, but he made himself not so big. So I'm, he knows he's an impossible. He said, but I didn't come making much of me. I came to make much of Jesus. And I would encourage any of, especially those of us here that are called to ministry. Um, that's that's when we're doing when we're doing ministry. Right. We'll make much of Jesus um, when it becomes much about us. Um, I think that's a fail. Um, somebody, somebody reached out. We were, you know, we were trying to do the website and someone said, Hey, I, I couldn't find you on the website. And I'm like, I, and I'm fine with that. I'm like, I don't really need you to, if somebody make their way to our website, we have a page where you can get to know Jesus. And I, I, I'd much rather you get to know Jesus. You'll meet me soon enough. Um, and you may like me or not like me, but I'd, I'd rather you get to know Jesus Christ. And so, um, I just think Paul was an example, even in that. Though he was a big deal, he didn't make himself a big deal. Um, some of you guys are in positions in people's lives where sometimes we got to humble ourselves to be a witness. Parents, 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 parents got to humble themselves to be witnesses to their kids. Sometimes parents, um, you know, we know we're the authority. We know they got to do what we say they got to do. Y'all can talk a certain kind of way to your kids, but some of y'all need to take that down a notch. You're still a witness. You still representing the Lord to your kids. I've seen some parents. I'm like, that's just rude. I don't think you would talk that you talk better to people at work than you do to your own kids. That's not right. Um, I, you know, not just cause you can, right. We, I gotta be concerned for, and I'm not saying you can't discipline or, or cause we talked about that. If they, if they need a discipline, they need to get all that. Um, but I'm saying some parents are just rude. They take advantage of the authority God has given them. Don't be like that. Maybe you're a boss in your work. Maybe you're an authority over people. Be careful how you hold those places and positions over people. Um, be, be cautious how you do that. You want to you want to represent the Lord well. Um, and I always believe it says something about a man or a woman, how you treat people that you're over. It says more about you than them. How you speak to how you treat people that are, you know, maybe in a servant position or serving you. Um, it says a lot about you if you treat them poorly. Um, and so when I look at Jesus, who when I think Jesus was there, there's no one greater than him. And I look at how we talk to people. I look at how we treat, look at how we treated people. And even as he came to earth, he didn't come to, to be served. What does it say? He came to serve and to give his own life a ransom 
for many. And so again, Paul is another, he's an example in that as, as he's just reminding the Thessalonians, you guys, I didn't, I didn't come taking advantage. I didn't come making myself a big deal. I didn't come seeking your goods or your money. Um, even when we might've made demands as apostles, we didn't take advantage of that. Verse seven, but we were gentle among you just as a nursing mother cherishes her own children. Verse eight, so affectionately longing for you, we were well pleased to impart to you not only the gospel of God, but also our own lives because you have become dear to us. Get these words, Paul says, and, and this is um, the imagery he gives us. Paul says, you guys, we were among you guys, we were gentle. Just as a nursing mom cherishes her children. And so um, if you've ever, I mean, I've I, I watched my wife with, with, with all our kids, but if you see a nursing mom and their kids, it's very tender. Uh, moms are very careful with them and, and, and they hold them close and they care for them and, and the baby needs care and all these pauses. That's how I cared for you guys. Like a nursing mom cared for you guys. And again, as a church, we want to develop that, right? Do we care about each other here like that? Because some people can roll in and roll out and, you know, I just, I went to church. You know, I heard a word, I went on, but do we care about each other? Leaders, we should be caring for people, but even believers, we should care about one another. It should be intimate. It should be, it should be, when we see somebody get born again, somebody get saved, there should be the body should, we should care. Hey, how are they doing that? That we're caring for them. We're trying to bring them in close. We want to, we want to nurture them and walk with them and, and want to see them get to a place of health and spiritual growth and vitality. But that's the church's job. We're supposed to be that. Paul was an example. Paul said, when you, when I was with you guys, I'm, I'm, I'm the apostle Paul, but he says, I, I came down low for you guys. I, I was, we were caring for you guys like a nursing mom with her kids. It was very tender how we were concerned and cared for you. And then he said, so affectionately longing for you that we were well pleased to impart to you, not only the gospel of God, but our own lives. But Paul says, we, we so affectionately longing for you. We were well pleased not only to impart to you guys the gospel, but also our own lives. And so, uh, <laughs> so my last point on this to you guys, right, is we want to make sure in our care for one another that it's tender, um, that there's love. I, 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 I think it's a healthy environment in a church when we genuinely care for one another, when we're not a bickering. I hate division. I hate to think of churches where people are fighting and going at it when Paul says, look, I was nurturing you guys like a nursing mom. I was caring for you guys. It was affectionate. It was tender. It was genuine. It was sincere. Um, I, I, my prayer is that the leaders here, that that's how we would behave ourselves to you guys. The church should never feel like a business. Uh, this is not a business. I am not the CEO. It's a church. Jesus is the Lord. We are the body. We're part of one another. We need each other. And my prayer is that leaders and pastors that we would be nurturing, but, but also one another. I hope that we, 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 we develop it uh, in our community here as a church that we develop the kind of attitude and behavior toward each other where there's genuine care. When we hear about someone else's situation or how someone else is doing, that there be genuine care and concern for how they're doing. And, and that's born out of love, you guys. Um, that's Our love for God should overflow in our love for one another. It should be one of the sweetest things in the church of Jesus Christ that it's a place where people genuinely love one another. And, and maybe some people will find that there, there's a love here that they can't even find in their blood family. Uh, I, have, I have experienced at times that, that the family of God at times has been more family to me than, than my family. 
Uh, for a lot of years, that's been my experience. Where the, ch the church has been my family. I've been parts of different churches over time. And, you know, even churches I was a part of 10 years ago, them people are still like family when I see them. Imagine a withered, seemingly dead houseplant that doesn't look like it will survive. You check on it daily. You give it water and make sure it's getting the right amount of sunlight. Then finally, it perks up. The life has returned to it. Your patience and love prevailed in revitalizing it to a healthy state. This is what Christ does for us, as we're reminded in 1 Thessalonians. Friends, we can be refreshed and restored instead of discouraged and tired. What a grand picture. There are many life-giving nuggets found in the Bible like this one, and so much more to learn about. That's why this ministry dedicates a space on our website to download the mobile app. This is a great tool to have because it allows you to hear the teachings of Jesus whenever and wherever you are. Head on over to calvaryinglewood.org and scroll down to the bottom of the page. There you'll find the information you need. Once again, that's calvaryinglewood.org. We'd be ecstatic for you to join us this coming Sunday if you're in the area. There's a service at 11 a.m. and for our early birds, a 9 a.m. service. Tied up on Sunday with other things? We understand. There's also a midweek gathering on Wednesday evening at 7 p.m. You can find the directions and other helpful information on our homepage, calvaryinglewood.org. Would you consider partnering with us to reach more people for Jesus? If so, just click on the Give tab and know that we're grateful for your generosity. Well, we're out of time for today. We look forward to the next time we're together, right here on A Transforming Word.